hearing the, the heart of God through the heart of Todd tonight. <laughs> I tried to do a quick um, because I wanted to see that time. I'm sorry. No, thank you. Hello. Yes, I was in the bathroom. <laughs> Usually that greeting time takes a little longer, you know. Oh, thank you. We should pray. We should pray. That's what we should do. Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way here and do what you want to do. And my mouth and my body are yours, so you just do what you want. Have your way. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to share something completely irrelevant to what I'm talking about first. Sometimes I like to share little um, testimonies. I've got this, uh, I used to work for Kenneth Copeland. You know who Kenneth Copeland is? Yeah, out in Texas. And, uh, and, so I, and, and so all my coworkers there were from different states. A lot of us were, anyway. And I had this one friend that was... Um, Total redneck. Total redneck from West Virginia. And um, so he would make fun of me because I was from California. And uh, I'd make fun of him because he was such a redneck. And, um, and, um, but this is, I mean, this dude is like, dude, dude, dude. You know, like real redneck. Like the thought of hugging guys for longer than a, like five minutes or five seconds. It was way too long. That kind of guy. You know, just like guy. And, um, and uh, in fact, in fact, one Christmas, I came back here for Christmas. He went back home. He goes, I'm going to bring you something real nice when I come back, you know. So I said, well, I'm going to bring you something real nice, too. So uh, from where I live, <laughs> I've came from. So we got back. He brings out this baggie with a squirrel's tail in it. <laughs> He goes, I killed that squirrel and ate it myself. And I thought I saved this part for you. And I went, that's so nice of y'all. Here's my present. And I freaked him out because I took a picture of some transvestites doing Christmas carols um, on the street corner in San Francisco. And I gave it to him. <laughs> Here you go. This is from the land of California. <laughs> So, um, so you know, we, we moved back to California. We've remained friends over the years. And um, he is a, he's a really neat guy. He's just he's a kind of a tough guy. He's, he's really cool, though. He's got a wife and kids. And, um, but lately, this guy has been telling me, I just want more. I want to go deeper, you know, in the Lord. So, uh, so I've been telling him, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray about some real depths, you know. So I've been sending him some awesome worship music from Upper Room Worship. If you don't know Upper Room Worship, oh my goodness gracious, find it on YouTube. Uh, and Bethel, of course. And, and um, I've just been praying for him a lot. This guy texts me today. And um, 
None of you know who he is, so I feel like I could read this, you know. Uh, but he's, I just want you, I, I was trying to emphasize the redneck part of this guy, okay? The, the guy, tough guy part while I read this. He goes, bro, my heart is going through some intense healing, and I'm feeling like a schoolboy with a crush on Jesus. I hope that doesn't sound goofy and weird. <laughs> That's just how I can explain it. I've been listening to that music, the upper room and all this stuff, and I just can't get enough of alone time um, with his word and getting real in his presence. I, I just wanted to share that little quick testimony with you to say whoever you're praying for, even if they've got a tough exterior or whatever, Jesus can come through. Jesus can come through. Um, similarly, I have another friend that's kind of like that too. And um, it's kind of the same thing. He lives in California. And um, man, God started getting a hold. And this, and this guy, in fact, used to be, um, he used to have a swastika tattooed onto him. And um, God got a hold of him and he got that burned off, took six months. And now it's a burning heart. And, um, but another just real tough dude and, um, who, who would never mention even probably the word pretty, you know. And, um, and, and we were going on a hike once, and, um, and he, he just stops and he goes, look at that flower. Look at that thing. It's so pretty. The way God, look at the intricate detail of how God, you know, made this flower. So, I don't know. These, these kind of stories bless me because I just think, ah, it doesn't matter who you are. God's, God can come in there with a tender heart, you know. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's fun stuff. Um, I keep looking over at my son. Hi. I love you. <laughs> He's kind of a tough dude who loves Jesus, too. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, there's, there's a subject matter that's been really heavy on my heart, and I've been wanting to talk about it, and uh, it's about complaining. You're all still here. Okay. <laughs> uh, I actually have been in a little bit of a quarrel with God because I don't really want to talk about this. Um, so much so that I was like, God, didn't I talk about this at Blazing Fire recently? So I started looking backwards. And the last time I ever even talked about this was when we were at Church on the Hill. <laughs> and that's, I don't even, what, it's 10 years ago or something? Um, yeah. And so I'm like, no, I know I have. And then I realized I've, I've said little things here and there, but I haven't really talked about it, you know. So that was one of my trying to run away from it. And, and then all through this week, I've been trying to run away from it. Um, and I've had a lot of complaints on the inside <laughs> this week. Uh, and, and each one, God's been saying, see, you need to talk about it. Which brings me to this. Um, uh, I want to preface any of this with this. In my preparation for this, there is none of you that came to my mind. I wasn't thinking. <sighs> That's why my eyes are shut. There's not one solitary person in this church that I was thinking about. So don't send me some email saying, why are you talking about me? I'm hurt. I'm not talking about you. I'm actually really talking about me 
And I feel extremely vulnerable tonight. I, there's a few reasons, too. I, I normally, like when I'm, when I'm at church or on our Thursday night or Monday night groups or meeting up with somebody or whatever I do uh, for work, um, I have this great way of, of just being the outward person, you know? Um, and then when, I, when it's all over, I am super introverted, super uh, and, and even in the midst, sometimes, or, or when it's like like on a Thursday night, when we have a whole bunch of college people at our house, awesome meeting, I love it. And then afterwards, they stay and they stay and they stay, and it's fun to talk to them. I love it, but it's weird how like at some point I'll be talking to one of them, and all of a sudden I'm like, I I don't care what you're talking about, <laughs> and then I just go back to my room. And, um, and I have to be alone after that, and they stay, you know? I'm fine if I could just... But tonight, I'm that way now. I've, I don't think this has ever happened where I'm preaching, and I feel really introverted. So um, I, I've been asking God, why is this happening? And, um, and he just said, wait and see. So I, I think what scares me is I'm going to get really vulnerable, and I am going to say this. You are looking right now at the most complainy, whiny person I've ever met. For real. I mean, it's, it's true. Really. Really. I, my own wife's going, no, and that's the one person that can really confirm uh, how true it is. No, but here's what I'm... I'm not trying to be all you know, cute or down on myself, or anything. I'm just telling you what I know because of my inner life. Okay? I'm telling you <laughs> I'm telling you what I know I've seen go on on a daily basis on the inside of me. And, and if I focused on that so much, I would be a complete mess and wreck. Except that God's going, don't worry, a lot of people are going through this too. But as far as I know, as far as I it, the volume compared to anyone I've been around, I am the most complainy person I've ever met because I'm the one living with me. You know what I'm saying? That's, do you, does it make sense now? All right. That's, <laughs> um, so I'm not complaining by saying that. I'm just, uh, but I also want to do this before I mention uh, a little bit more about the subject matter. Um, there is definitely place for us needing to vocalize what's going on especially to the Lord, especially to the Lord, and he can definitely handle it. We need to. And we talk about vulnerability here. We talk about, we talk about community, and definitely in that we need to be able to vocalize what's going on. You, you can have another extreme. We, we used to be in a, in a church environment where you weren't really even allowed to say that there was anything wrong, you know, because it was about positive confession, and it was like, how are you, brother? Well, I'm the apple of his eye, and I'm highly favored. How are you? And you didn't really know each other at all, you know? And, um, and, you, and you felt like you had to be that way with God, too. So eventually, the, you were in lots of pain, and you couldn't let it out anywhere. So that is definitely a thing. We need to be able to tell God, this is what's going on. This hurts. This is happening. I'm, I'm struggling here. And, of course, a couple people in our life. Not everybody. Because actually, even though those things don't seem like pearls, you know, those things like, 
They seem like pieces of trash to us. They're actually a pearl that you could cast before a swine because they can mess it up, you know. So be careful about where you throw those things um, because it could really come back and hurt you. But you definitely need to be able to talk and be able to, to tell God what's going on. He already knows, but he appreciates that open relationship with you. What I'm talking about tonight is this. I am talking about that complaining where you just mutter and grumble and moan about everything. And uh, let me rephrase what I said. I said you. We. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me reel that one in. Um, uh, and, and just um, and to where it, it becomes um, something that paints a picture over everything we do. Um, and and it's actually it's it you can make a lot of I can make a lot of jokes about this tonight. I can make this really humorous and stuff, but it's actually been weighing on me pretty heavy about myself and about the body of Christ. Um, so um, and even if this doesn't apply to you tonight, which I bet it does to some degree, uh, um, take this and maybe minister to someone else with it. Um, I want to say this, uh, some of these things that were coming to me, there's some siblings to complaining that you just cannot separate. It's almost like Siamese twins, which is worry, fear, judgment, comparison, criticism. Those things are married with complaining. Um, I mean, when you complain, you, you, actually, um, you, you, you actually do start criticism. It starts flowing out of you. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Fear. The more we complain, fear just starts take, so, taking over because we're still underneath when we're complaining. We're not over the problem. We're underneath it, and it starts weighing, us, weighing down more and more and more. Our complaining does that to us. Um, you could take some of these things I'm about to say and to the Lord um, before you just want to jump on and go, I don't know if that's right or wrong, and just see, you know, ask him maybe if it, is this right or wrong for myself. Um, but one of the things I felt like God was showing me is that the moment we do start that, that whiny complaining that really gets us nowhere, we actually right then start becoming a victim. And I know that sounds heavy, but that's how he was showing it to me. I, I want to remind you over and over again, I'm, I'm actually speaking to you tonight about what he's been doing to me, okay? Which typically seems to work for everybody else um, in, in due season, you know. Um, but that's what he was showing me. Todd, the moment you just start complaining, you actually turn yourself into a victim. And I don't want a victim mentality. I don't. But I've had it about 10,000 times. <laughs> um, so that's what he was showing me. Uh, I have, I, I personally have a lot of things that I know of to complain about. And, uh, and I know that some people, uh, if they see my, my life through Instagram, maybe, they think, wow, you have nothing to complain about at all, you know? But, um, man, we're each set up a different way. We, we're, we have different makeup, and we know what we want, and we know what we don't have, you know? And um, uh, right down to just, like, like every decade or so, I have to have some kind of a major change happen to me. I like change. I have friends in this room who hate change. 
I love change, you know? And, and for me, like every decade or so, I need a big change. And, my, and the, the due date is past due for me, and I'm feeling it, you know? And I'm like, so it's, provo- it's, it's causing me to be tempted to start complaining and whining to God, which I have done a little bit. Um, I do want to say, though, I'm not standing before you... Uh, a completely weak person who has no right to speak about this at all. I have actually come quite a long way, but I've got a ways to go. Okay. So one of the things I wrote down here was tonight I'm, I'm sharing with you, preaching at you from the trenches. Is that okay? (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you a few weird personal things about me in, in this area. Maybe this will resonate. I have figured out some of the times that I complain the most um, or when I'm tempted to complain the most. And one of those times is when I'm doing yard work. Um, or, or, um, and I love yard work. I'm, it's not a thing. I'm not complaining about yard work at all. I love it. I love uh, manipulating plants, not in the bad you know, you know what I mean. I like pruning things. Um, I like, I love planting things. I love designing. You know, and all, I love it. I love it so much. But so I've, I, but I've thought, why is it that when I'm do that, all of a sudden I start rehearsing complaints about things, about people, God, especially to God. Did you see how so and so this this this? Which he always says back to me. You're talking to me who loves them more than you can know. You know. Um, <laughs> but I, I've caught myself doing this a lot of times while I'm doing something I absolutely love. And, um, and God is just, so I've brought that to the Lord. I'm like, what is that? And I felt like God has shown me it's, this is definitely a spiritual warfare thing for you, Todd, because that is trying to steal away a time of life for you, you know? Um, and, and complaining will definitely steal away from your life. One of the things that I wrote that I've, I just felt like God, I, I asked God for some words about complaining, um, grumbling, and, and one of the things I got from him was that it is detrimental to you, to your life. Um, and it rips your life away. Um, so I'm just, I'm gonna, I am going to give some scriptures here, I, but I just want to uh, tell you a few other things that I wrote down here. Um, one of the things that, that I've been contemplating um, is that complaining will uh, actually mask humility, okay? And humility is actually one of the most attractive things about a person. It really is, especially when there's power, power and humility. I'm not talking about um, what some people think is humility, which is putting yourself down. That is not Humility. I'm talking about actually having the power like God inside of you and, and being humble at the same time. That is the most attractive thing. But complaining actually um, uh, puts out like an arrogance. And that masks humility. And, um, and, and in an example of that, God was showing me, Todd, that's one of the reasons when you first went to Uganda, you came back and, and suddenly... Every time you see anybody that looks like they come from Uganda, you think they're some of the most beautiful people you've ever seen. Because it is a community of people that generally aren't complaining. 
And they've got plenty of reason to <laughs> because there's a lot of poverty going on. Um, but they've got humility and, and, uh, and they're just happy about whatever they've got and they give. You know, not only are they not complaining, but they're like, here's the little bit I've got here. Here you go. You know, um, so that's one of the things he was showing me. It, it just actually masks humility and God loves humility. Um, there's a there's a saying out there that I love. I actually made a meme of it. Uh, if, you, if you don't follow our Instagram, get on our church Instagram. We make lots of. Faith memes, I call them, you know, scriptures or sayings or whatever with pretty pictures. But this one, the pretty picture wasn't there. I, I had a crying baby face on it, and it said, complaining about something without offering a solution is called whining. Nobody? Okay. <laughs> um, it is. It's called whining. Uh, when you just complain and complain and complain about something, I... Uh, I just today I um I've been I've been kind of strange and quiet all day long but I I went and ran some errands and I was in the grocery store today and um and I I just I don't know I was kind of walking around like this cuz I just didn't want to be around people very much and uh and so even today I was still contemplating changing what I was going to talk about tonight cuz I was like I don't I don't talk about complaining that sounds complaining you know um but uh, the person in front of me in line was complaining like crazy about how long the line was. And there was only one other person in front of us. And, it, and the, yeah, and the checker was doing her best to get us through. But the person in front of me even turned around and started griping. I can't believe. And, oh, I was about to say things to this lady in front of me um, who was complaining but um, I just didn't, I didn't even look at her. Uh, um, but I just listened to her complain and complain. And I thought, golly, it's ugly. So I wrote down in my thing about humility here, how attractive humility is. Do you know what I mean by that? It is. It really is. Okay. Um, that, that actually complaining brings on the ugly. It really does. <laughs> then I went out in the parking lot and... Um, I got in my car, and a lady was coming in, and through her car, her window was down, and there was a car trying to back out in front of her, and she was impatient about that, I guess, and the string of things that she yelled out the window to that car was unbelievable, and just complaining, just horrible things. She she called this other woman things I would never say right now here, um, and she, yeah, and she continued until she parked her car. And then when I saw her get out, she had a little kid with her. And she was dragging the kid, you know, like a four or five-year-old. And I thought, really? Do you want to teach your child to do this? But it grieved me so bad that I sat in my car and cried. I'm like, why is this thing getting to me so much? And I felt like God was saying, see, just talk about it. We need to, we need to get this one out of us. We just need to. I need to. We need to. So another thing that I've... I've I've been. I wanted to say um, about this whole thing, and this is something we've we've talked about a little bit here before, and you know, in the past year with the election going on and such. But um, but we need to be careful, you guys. We need to be really, really careful because the world is watching us. Okay, 
social media has brought complaining to an all-time unbelievable high. It's unreal. I didn't even know there was this much of that inside of humanity until social media came about. But the saddest part to me about that is Christians are doing it so bad, so bad. And the world is watching. And I feel like God's shown me, um, let me see how the world is reacting to this a lot because I hear it. And I'm friends with some people in the world. And it's gross to them. And they don't want Jesus because of it. You know? And um, it is really sad. It's, it's, it's getting to me, for me, it's getting... I don't know. You know, maybe I'll just add this. Maybe one day during this week, we could just say, hey, God, can I feel your burden about this? You know, but be careful. Because what it, I don't know what it's been doing to me this week is, is almost making me feel like I'm getting stabbed over how much uh, we're, we're not showing the world love, you know, by doing this. Um, my gosh, a hurricane happens. And all of a sudden, the focus turns on, you know, pastors in Texas, big-time pastors or whatever, who are sweet people. But the complaining starts going on over stuff they don't even know, you know. But the worst part is that Christians started doing it and bashing pastors and all this stuff. And I was watching this, and I got so grieved. I was like, I, I'm about to get off Facebook altogether. I can't. I hate this. I don't even want to see the way that Christians are behaving. Um, it made me so sad. I thought, how sad that we're not praying instead of just complaining, you know? And um, so one of the things I wrote down here was, while we're complaining, uh, the world is dying. While we're complaining, the world is dying. We have the, the maker of the universe on our side and, in fact, inside of us. And he is the prince of peace. He is the prince of peace. Uh, <laughs> the re- one of the reasons I didn't want to talk about this in here is because it's a pretty big, heavy thing, you know, and and it just sounds like it sounds. I don't. I don't know. I I don't like preaching that's like you're all wrong, you know. So I hope that's why I prefaced it with this is actually what he's doing to me, and hopefully this actually ministers to you, you know. Um, and I'm gonna do a. a Time is going really fast. Uh, I was going to read a little something to you out of a novel, but I think I'll pass on that. But if you get the chance, The Last Battle, uh, uh, the last book in this, the Chronicles of Narnia is um, about the end times. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing novel. It's, it's about, it, it kind of mimics Revelation a little bit. And... Um, but one of the things that happens in this, um, there's a group of dwarfs who just love to, com- they complain all the time. They're always complaining, complaining, complaining. And Narnia is coming to an end, and there's this stable door that everyone can go through to go into the new world. Uh, and when they do, Aslan, the Jesus figure in the story, says, come in, come further up, further in. It, it's going to renew the, the further inside you come. You know, so these dwarves were also invited in, except they they continued to complain. So there's a whole chapter in this story about how the dwarves are sitting in a circle. Um, They're actually on the other side of this door where it's light and trees and beautiful, but they think they're still inside the dark stable. 
they can't, they're like, well, how, it's so dark in here. And everyone's like, around them is going, we're outside, can't you see? And they're complaining and complaining. And then Aslan makes a feast for them and throws it in front of them. And they start eating and they, they're complaining about how it tastes like the dirt. And they're like, no, this is, this is a feast. This is fruit. And, but they don't even know it because of their complaining. And I was reading through that this morning and I thought, that's us. When we compl- That's me. That's me. That is. It is. I can't even see the blessings that are next to me when complaining. It takes over and puts a shield in front of my eyes and makes me feel like I'm in the dark. And the blessings that are there, the things that God's done, the things God's are God about to do, or some things that are sitting right in front of me, I can't even see them because complaining has put a veil over my eyes. Um. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I better read a scripture before you guys think I'm just complaining. Um, <laughs> um, there's if you just Google scriptures on this, you will find a whole lot. This thing is actually a big deal to God. It's a big deal to God because He wants us to be free from it because He know He's always got the better, you know. And he's like, I'm inviting you up here to the better. This is why I'm going to tell you a lot of scripture about what not to do about this so to save you some heartache. One of them, though, is Philippians 2, 14 through 16a. Uh, do all things without complaining and disputing. This, this, thing, this thing is powerful. Check this out. Do all things without complaining and disputing. That... In other words, so um, you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights of the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Uh, that is that's that's packed with with a lot of interesting goodies right there. It, he's he's saying in here um, he's saying in here if you if you don't complain you you will be the light you will hold life in your mouth. So don't do this thing. <laughs> don't rob yourself and don't rob the people around you, um, because that's exactly what we're doing too. Imagine if, if um, you have a, a, a group of people around you, your family or a group, maybe coworkers or whatever, and you are the complainer, but you've got truth you could access, you are actually robbing from them what could have been coming through your mouth to give life into their day, to put hope into their hearts. But the complaining has robbed it from them and you. Are you all right? Okay. <laughs> Remember, I didn't have anybody in mind except for myself. All right. Thank you. Let's look at Ephesians 4, uh, 29 and 30a. Um, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the spirit of God. Whoa, woo, 
Corrupt words would be the opposite of what God says, right? And God doesn't complain. Hey! <laughs> so, <laughs> corrupt words is complaining. It, it is, because he tells us not to do it. So, therefore, it's, it's corrupt, because there's no life in it. Um, and he's, he's, in essence, saying here, um, it, he's, he's saying, have, have edification come out of your mouth that you can impart grace to the hearers. Just like what I was saying. We will rob that grace from the hearers if we're just moaning and complaining all the time, you know? And, uh, uh, but then he goes on to say, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I just... <laughs> uh, I, I think, holy, you know, if Holy Spirit is around me all the time, he's inside of me, and he's in my atmosphere, and to think that my complaining, complaining could cause him to feel grieved. I don't want to do that. Um, and, and let me just reiterate why that would grieve Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit knows there's something better. He knows there's life. He knows there is the grace that can be imparted. So he's, it grieves Holy Spirit. That, oh, here, here's one of my lights of the world speaking things out of their mouth again that's only making the problem worse. Instead of better. <laughs> um, James 5.9. Do not grumble against one another. <laughs> I'm hearing hoes and that's good. That's good. That's a, that, that means you guys aren't offended with me. <laughs> um, uh, complaining causes us to be anxious. It really does. It causes us to feel anxious and uptight. My blood pressure goes up when I complain. It does. I know this for a fact, people. I know it for a fact because I have a blood pressure issue. And so I've had to go in for tests and all this stuff over the years. And, um, and one of the times they kept me for a couple of hours and they're like, let's do some tests with your emotions. And they had me think about things. Um, and see what would happen with my blood pressure. <laughs> and I did go into a little thing where I, I thought of some complaints of mine, and it went way up within 10 minutes. That's a physical thing, you know? No wonder the Bible says laughter does good like a medicine. Because when you're laughing, you are not complaining. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, try to laugh and complain at the same time. I dare you. <laughs> uh, so it does good like a medicine. <laughs> um, <laughs> woo! Also this, another thing that God was, was showing me about this is that complaining is addictive, and it is an addiction. And I will tell you that also. I'm being really humble here tonight, guys. I hope afterwards you don't just like walk by me and spit on me after me <laughs> confessing all these things, but I know that I've been addicted to complaining. I know it because I've done little things where I've, I'm, today, I'm not going to do it. And then I, I realize, that's when it's highlighted to me that already 50 times before noon, it, I've, I've almost done it. Like, oh, oh, oh. So I'm aware of how I nonchalantly do it or subconsciously do it. 
Uh, I'm not talking about outside of my mouth. If that was the case, Karina might slap me. But um, I'm talking about... <laughs> I'm, I'm really talking about on my, in my inner life. You know what I'm saying? Um, but my inner life is a really important place to not have that, that addiction. Because that's the garden. That's the garden. Jesus talks about in the Bible, it talks about the, our life, our soul is the garden. And God, that's where God wants to meet with us. So I'm flooding the garden with this addiction of complaining. And he is so gracious and merciful. Of course, he's still here wooing me and loving on me and saying, come on up here, come on up here. He hasn't left me. He's not going to do that. But there is a better way to do this whole thing. And I can have sweeter meetings with him in that garden once I remove all this clutter called complaint. Yeah. Um, comparing. Comparing is complaining. Comparing ourselves to someone else. That's been another one for me, one of the weaknesses in my life. I wish I looked like that. I wish I... I wish I was fit like him, you know. I wish I, I can't believe I've been, I'm 40-something I'm years old and I don't have that. I did something wrong, you know. Complain and then comparison and then all this, no thank, and thanksgiving starts going out the door. You know, all that kind of stuff. And God is, I, let me go back to my saying, I need, I need change, like big change every decade or so. And I feel like I'm on the brink of that, but I feel like actually God's saying, once you remove a lot of this, you're going to be escorted quicker into the shift that you want in your life once you get rid of the complaining. That's for me, but you could take that if it's for you too. Um, so the anxiousness, and, and here it is, Philippians 4 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your, prayer, uh, your requests be known uh, to God. And, and then the peace of God, which surpasses your understanding, our understanding is a lot of that complaint. Because our, our understanding is here, you know, and a lot of the times at the same level as the problem. Then the peace of God that surpasses your understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ. Uh. <laughs> There's so much juicy goodness all up in the scriptures right here that if we just meditate on that for a little bit, we're gonna be we're gonna be set. Um, uh, let's talk for one moment here about outward complaining. You know. Um, for yourself and for your surrounding atmosphere, Proverbs eighteen twenty seven: Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who are obsessed with it will eat its fruit. Whichever one, you know. I don't want to eat the fruit that sometimes has been produced out of my own complaining. <laughs> of course, we know. You know, this has been going on for a long time. Complaining kept the Israelites in the desert. For 40 years when it was actually just a, what do they say, like a 17-day walk or so, something like that, um, or a three-week walk or something, but 40 years, and that's what complaining did. Holy moly. <laughs> Woo! 
Um, man, I've got so much more to say on this. Uh, Proverbs 23.7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Bam! I don't want to be a complaint. <laughs> as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Oh, there's Todd, that complaint. Now stay away from him. Which really is the truth. If, if we complain a lot, people are going to stay far, far away from you. Because it's so unattractive and it's so not life-giving. And we need to be around something that's life-giving and good food for us. So if you are a complainer, people don't want to be around you. And then you'll complain that people don't want to be around you. And you go around and around in some hellish merry-go-round. Until you could just get a hold of God and go, I gotta latch on to you, give this whole thing to you, and find something to be thankful for to start with, you know? And it, it'll it'll be a process to get rid of an addiction. Of course. Of course. Um oh goodness. Um all right. I'm I'm chucking almost every bit of my notes here, but um I'm, I'm looking at a few memes that I've made, you know, just scriptures, stir, stir, each other one, um, stir each other up to love and to do good works. That would be without complaining. We can't do that if we're complaining. So instead, use, use your mouth to do the opposite. Stir each other up to love and good works. Um, mm, mm, mm. Some kind of related things. No one can drive you crazy unless you give them the keys. Hey. Um, something Leif Hetman said sometimes we have to take the same lessons over and over again because we're whining instead of shining (laughs) oh Um. (sighs) okay Um. of course we know the Bible says whatsoever things are true holy pure righteous of good report meditate on those things Consume those things. Become that over time. And that's what's going to flow out of us. Okay, I don't want to just say all these things without some kind of like how to, you know, because the addiction is real. And I know there's got to be at least one other person besides myself. Please let me know there's company. Thank you. That is realizing, oh, yeah, I got an addiction with Todd, you know. Um, But there's a way out. And I just wanted to give you a couple uh, uh clues. I was going to actually do a thing where I invite people up who might have some answers to this too, but we don't have the time and maybe God's like saving us from some crazy stuff. Um, Who knows? So (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) Well, you never know, but, um, (laughs) but, but a a couple things that have worked for me that I've found out Um, just at, um, just when we went to Uganda in May, um, we, we got on the BART and, uh, to go to the airport, I think. And, um, and, oh, man, that BART was packed with people. And that's one of my many Todd weird things. It's like people all right up in my, my space is, is my grill. Yeah, I, I just, I could never live in Japan on the, in, in Tokyo. Yeah, I could never, because of, you know, people being right there. And that's how the BART was. I, was. I was trying to give people room. I was sitting there with my suitcase. Some woman's 
backside was right there. There was just all kinds. And, um, and Karina and Sierra were on the BART, and we were just kind of trying to find each other. And, and I was having that, like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, God, get me off this thing, please. I can't. I'm about to hyperventilate. And then God was like, let's play a fun game. Let's see what we can get for everyone in this around, around you. So I completely turned it around, and I said, God, give me, a, give me your heart for people around me. He started showing me stuff about the people around me. My heart started breaking for the woman whose rear end was in my face. And um, I'm not even sure if I ever saw what she looked like, but, um, but I started getting a burden for her. There was someone across the way I could see, and this dude, this teenager... And God was showing me, I think, some stuff going on with him. And, I, of course, I, it, it was too crowded. I couldn't just go over and say, i got a word for you, you know. But um, he was just giving me. And I was like, oh, who's next, God? And then by the time I, I – all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, we're at our destination. When it, We had a long ways to go at first. It seemed like it went by like that. Because turning the complaint into a blessing made things go by really quick. <laughs> That was a fun thing, and I've tried that many times now, even when I am standing in line at the store. Um, it's a fun, it's, you could t- it's like a game, a blessing game. And, of course, there's the, men, the moments you can actually go up and tell the person when you could have instead been be complaining. Um, uh, of course, worshiping the Lord, you know, of course, hanging out with the Lord which I, I do say every time I ever preach it is one of the most vital things you could possibly ever do. A lot of time alone with God should start taking the edge of off this thing and, um, and replacing with his heart. Um, but um, thank God for prayer language. Yeah, prayer language, you guys. It's a real thing, and we can use it even when we're in the midst of something we can complain about. We instead start praying in tongues. And actually, all of a sudden, heaven starts coming. You, you're praying God's desire. You're praying God's heart. Um, I've done this a few times when I was so irritated, and I started praying in tongues all of a sudden. And instead, all of a sudden, I got weepy in a good way, you know? Um, so I know, I know these are things you guys already know, but sometimes we just need to remember these things, because I sure do. You know what I mean? I need to, I mean, I, standing here tonight in front of you, I'm like, maybe I'll just put these things on my refrigerator right now because I'm in a little season of being tempted to complain, you know? Um, so um, these are just some of the things you can do. I had so much more to say about this, but I won't complain about the fact that <laughs> that, <laughs> that I can't say it all. Um, part two. There could be, really be a part two. Um, but I do want to say this. I'm going to pray. Um, and, and it is, it is uh, 8.30, almost 8.35. If you have kids, go get your kids. Um, but, but I do want to say this. Like I said at the beginning, this thing is, um, this thing is a pretty big deal. It's pretty, it actually is a heavy thing. That's why it feels heavy, because it is. It is. And it's stolen away from us, and it's stolen away from people around us. And I, for one, want to say, God, I don't, I don't want to steal away anymore from myself. Or from people around me, I want to move on. I want to be turbo blasted into the next thing that you want me to do. Um, and I also want the world to see a body of Christ that's actually looking up instead of looking at each other. And, um, and th- so that they'll be attracted and want the same thing. They'll see humility, humility on us and power at the same time. And all of a sudden the world will say, 
actually, I do want Jesus after all, you know? Um, of course, we're not going to be perfect. That's why we have grace. But we can, we can help change things. And I just want to pray for us all. Holy Spirit, thank you for highlighting this area. Thank you for highlighting things that aren't positive sometimes so that we can get them away and replace them with what is positive. That's what your design is. Oh, God, for myself and for my friends here and anybody listening on podcasts, I ask you to reveal to us where in this area we need to just give it to you or where we need, if, if it's over the top for us. And God, um, it's an addiction. We need your help. You are so loving and so gracious and so kind and so merciful. We can get up tomorrow morning and there's a whole big breakfast of mercy waiting for us. Uh, and so thank you for that. We're going to eat it. Lord, we give this thing to you called complaining. And to collectively we pray for the whole body of Christ, God, that, that we will... We will, in your grace, be able to, to, to get unity and get this thing out so that we will shine like we're supposed to and the world will see you and want you through us, God. Oh, God, I know we've got a long ways to go, but, God, we can help start right here. And I want to be one of those people. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that even if I, I am a complainer, you still love me. <laughs> And you still haven't smashed me. You want me to come up to the high place where you intended for me to be in the first place. Thank you so much, God. Thank you, Father. We love you. We have so much to be thankful for. Let our eyes be opened again through Thanksgiving to see what that is, God, so we can keep going up and up and up and up. We love you so much, God. Amen. If there's a prayer team tonight, come on up. And please get your kids. We love you. Amen.